0: Yeah. So be sure that if you haven't done so yet to uh, download the Apex app, it'll give you access to uh, all kinds of good stuff that was just shown there. I don't need to repeat it all. So but do it. Um, so we uh, once again are going to go through our practice of Discovery Bible. And what that means is uh, once again, we will uh, read a passage of Scripture together and then we'll give you an opportunity to reread the passage. And as you reread it, what you want to be thinking is what stands out to me about this passage. What what catches my attention. And then after that, we'll give you time to share with the person next to you what that thing was, like what cap- captured your uh, attention. And um, then we'll have an opportunity to kind of just take a handful of those reflections and to copy them. Uh, on the board. Uh, but what we need first is we need a couple of people who are willing to uh, be runners for the microphones. So do we have any volunteers f- for that when the time comes? I know we have the girls up here who did it last week and if we get desperate we can choose them again. Rebecca you want to be a mic runner? You were, the mar- you were on the markers last week so why as well do the, marker, uh, the mic this week. Any other mic runners? Jeff. All right, great, and we do, we want want one more person on the markers for the board. Is there anyone who's willing to write today? Adrian, wonderful, great. I'll call you up when that's time, but first we'll go ahead and read our passage, And and I'm sure they're going to put that slide up, just kind of remembering in general our values as we do Discovery Bible, and one of the One of the key things, of course, is to uh, keep it within the text. We don't want to go beyond the text and bring some kind of like commentary from outside the text. So we really want to stick with what we're doing today. Today, we are going to be in Philippians chapter 1. We'll be finishing Philippians 1 today, going through verses 27 to 28. Uh, Again, Paul here uh, has been under arrest. He's in chains, but he's writing to this church in Philippi. He's writing to them. Uh, even though he's in hard circumstances, he is thankful, he is joyful in this letter. He is uh, grateful to God for their partnership in the gospel. And he spoke last week about how even though he is in prison and in chains, his situation has actually been good for the gospel. It has helped the gospel to go out uh, even more. So in spite of the circumstances, uh, clearly God was still at work. So we'll start in Philippians 1 in verse 27. Paul writes, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it, is, it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now here that I still have. Let's go ahead and take a minute to reread that and think about what stands out to you. minute to do that, be sure that both people have an opportunity to share.
1: Everyone is sitting on the right today. Yeah,
0: it's true. We're
1: yep. yeah, It'll it yeah,
0: be interesting to see what the running is, what the running looks like. how long to give. (laughs) (laughs) All right, make sure, make sure that both people have a chance to share, we'll wrap it up soon. have adrian come up and we'll also have uh, jeff and rebecca come to the mics we'll go ahead and get things started here so jason and uh jason and adrian are going to write for us today they're going to write in all capital letters four inches remember that's just kind of a thing we rehearsed because that's the thing that seems to work capital letters four inches and um, so we're gonna take, um, it seems that the crowd is like heavier on the right side today. So Jeff, you might have just more to do so through the day than over here on the left side. But left side, we'll see how lively you are over here today. So, but let's go ahead. Who has something to share?
2: My, my name is Joseph. That's
3: right. And what I saw is no matter what happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Mm. And that's been so important to me, no matter, I'm blessed no matter what my circumstances are. Yeah. That's what it says to me, no matter what.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and so Paul is not, I mean, based on what we read last week, Paul is not speaking from a position of, you know, I mean, he's faced the no matter what, you know, he, it's not like he's like comfortable saying like, hey, you know, so he himself has faced that no matter what. So in spite of your circumstances, conduct yourselves worthy of Christ, right? Because even Christ himself faced his no matter what, right? Yeah, that's great, thanks Joseph.
1: Who do we have over here? Uh, My name is CJ. Hey CJ. What jumped out to me was, uh, and not frightened in anything by your opponents, this is a clear sign of their destruction. I just like that, living for Christ, the enemy knows they have no
2: chance, it's done.
0: Yeah, kind of uh, points out no matter what things look like for you, your position is one of a victor, right? Because Christ's victory, you have victory too. And so, yeah, so know that your enemies, it doesn't go well for them, but it goes well for you, right? Awesome. Who do we have over here? I'm James. Hey, James.
2: Um, The thing that stood out to me was uh, similar to that, but the the idea that it was so standard. So don't be frightened. Um, You're suffering, I'm suffering, Jesus suffered. This is what it's going to be. Yeah. Now that's generally not my experience of following Jesus.
0: Yeah, what, what do you mean, what's, what is not your experience?
2: Um, I don't have a lot of suffering, and I'm not frightened. Yeah. Um, I, I don't feel like I have to be frightened yeah. um, following Jesus, and maybe that's a problem in the way that I'm doing it, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, what a great confession in front of everybody, right? <laughs> like, well done, James, like, hey, if you confess, but I wonder, James. Like, I mean, do, do I, let, Let's get because I know you a, a bit. Let's get personal. Like, when you like, are you? Do you find it easy to talk to people about Jesus? I, I do find it. You do find
2: easy it to, to talk to people.
0: Well, so you're so for you. You're it's you're you. I guess you find it easy to obey this passage of like not being afraid. So that's great because we can definitely well. learn from that. I know I can. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I think I mean I, I find it uh, easy in a sense in the context of um, at work yeah I, I have great relationships it's a natural easy place for for the Lord to come up that said I the the challenge I feel is maybe I'm not um, producing enough fruit that it's actually becoming a real conflict um, because I, I think there's there's some real kind of I, in my head, kind of looking at that. There's some real evidence that I, I, w- I should expect it probably yeah. to produce conflict yeah. if I'm really living for Jesus, if I'm doing this well, and, and I think I'm, I'm not, I'm not seeing that, and so, so I find that a real, a real challenge. I, I think I'm probably too friendly with
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're, you, you're, you're letting people be cozy a bit, are you? Yeah, and, and letting myself be cozy. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Thank, thank you, we'll thank we'll you talk, for that. We'll talk about that. One. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that, James. That's that's just really helpful. But I think what Paul gives to us, though, is um, he helps us with the expectation because if we don't have an expectation that life is going to be hard, when that hardship comes, w- we think like, "What is happening?" You know. And so, um, as as James, the the writer James says, is like, you know, don't you know, don't be surprised when stuff comes as if something is as if something strange is happening to you because. We live in a fallen world, and this this world is hard, right? And Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. So thank you for uh, interacting with me on that, James. So how about over here? Jeff? Uh, Gary? Hey, Gary. Uh, These two
2: themes seem to go together. Uh, The last part is that we're being granted. That is a grant is a gift. We've been given a gift to suffer. Mm. And I think that's connected to the first theme, that when you suffer, be sure you conduct yourselves worthy of the gospel. In other words, be an example in the way that you suffer that honors God.
0: Yeah. So, Gary describes this suffering for Christ as a gift, and we should conduct ourselves in such a manner of worthy of Christ as we do so, which is totally counterintuitive to the world, right? Like we, like the world in, in general, doesn't handle suffering well, and and um, we have difficulty, especially 21st century in the West, we have a we have difficulty with suffering um, and, and handling it well. But yeah, it, what brings to mind is. You know, when the disciples in the book of Acts that we went through years ago got, you know, um, I think Peter and John were, um, you know, beaten and and, and tried, they rejoiced for, (laughs) for beings, for suffering for Christ. So, um, yeah, that just says a lot about the value of who Christ is. That's great. Thanks, Gary. Over here, Rebecca, anybody? Oh. Oh, we're looking. Hands down on the left side, I see. All right okay well maybe someone will pop up do we have anything buddy on oh there's one it's like last minute all right nick Hi. of time i'm karen Hi, karen. um
4: having gone through struggles I
0: that um, yeah.
4: it was nice to see that no matter what he sees me and he calls directly to me to not be fearful to not be afraid of the suffering that i'm going through that he's still there and to remind myself that I'm not going through anything that's new. Yeah. Everybody has suffering, your suffering just may be different than mine, and mine may have really called me through a really tough spot of whether I believed or not, which pulls me back to everybody suffers. Yeah. So why, w- why would I be any different?
0: Yeah. That is such an important thing to remember because I think, for m- personally, when you're going through a hard time, you uh, it can be, in a sense, isolating, like, oh, this only happens to me. Like, I'm the only one who ever catches red lights. Everyone else gets to go through green lights, but I'm the only one who catches it, right? And so, but it's, but it's good to know that one, like you said, God sees you, so he's not indifferent to it and that he cares, and he's letting you know that he is with you and when that everyone goes through it.
4: When I, oh. I know when I, when I started questioning why me why me why me yeah and how could God let this happen yeah it, it took a while for me to stop and and get out of my own way yeah and go back to God's word to remind myself that he didn't do what he did to me yeah and and what happened to me shouldn't stop me from finding his way amen. instead of my own
0: amen that's so good we we can call that reorientation to the story. You reoriented yourself to the true story, to the truth. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. Um, hi, Jeff. Hi, Jerry. Um, hey, Jerry. The
2: thing that stuck out to me
0: was uh, when he talks about um, whether I come see you or only hear about you in my absence. So that speaks to me about the reputation that we have. Mm. And so what I hear from that is like, this church has a reputation. The church down the road has a reputation. The church across town has a reputation. Yeah. That can be good, that can be bad. Yeah. And the way that we adjust our reputation of how people feel about us as a community of believers is with integrity. Yeah. Do we live the way that we say that we live? Yeah. Do we act the way that we talk? Yeah. So um, basically, the the, the the way that we carry ourselves, it has a reputation Oh, that church is a bunch of hypocrites or that yeah. church really believes what they act. They really yeah. say what they believe. Yeah, and that, uh, yeah, so that's that's great. Yeah. So, so so the words that I'm hearing from you are, are reputation and integrity as you're as you're saying that the word that I thought of was consistency. You know, like be who you truly are all the time. When I read this, I first thought about like, uh, like a, a parent, you know, like talking to their child, like be the same whether I'm watching or not, because, you know, who you are, whether you know someone is watching or not, is, is who you really are, right? Yeah, that's really helpful. That's good. We want to be consistent and accurately reflect Christ throughout. Re- Hi, Rebecca. Who do we have?
3: Doris. Hi, Doris. Um, what stood up for me, uh, well, there were a couple things, uh, but I think um, when it said that your faith is a gift, um, and it is a gift, and it was purchased at a great price, and it's not to be taken for granted, and um, yeah, that um, not everybody has the gift.
0: Yeah, so faith is a gift, it was purchased at a price, and, and as you say the word gift, I, I thought about the word about gratitude from last week. As we recognize these gifts, we need to be sure we practice gratitude because like you said, it's so easy to take things for granted. And when we take things for granted, it's easy for us to become entitled to things, right? And that's, and that's no way to live because when suffering comes and we're entitled, we, we don't respond to it well and we don't respond to it in a manner that's worthy of Christ. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that, Doris. Um, hey, hi, Jeff. Hi, Jillian.
3: Uh, so my kids were doing Mad Libs on the way to. I love today, Mad Libs. So you know, <laughs> I mean, they're little boys, so all their like fill in the blanks were like, fart, like, <laughs> el- like elbow or something like that. Yeah. But I was just paying attention because of that a little bit to like the verbs and then how they're described. So it's it, you're standing firm in one spirit and with one mind striving side by side, and then later it says. Um, there's a lot of from God, for the sake of Christ, in him, for his sake. And so I think there's always what we do, and then there's how we do it, right? And so we can be standing firm, but if you're not in one spirit, it's not going to have the same effect. And you can be striving, but if you're not in one mind or side by side, right, then then you're striving you're suffering, but you're not suffering for the sake of Christ or for his sake, then what's the point, you know? Yeah. And so I think that there's just, there's connections here of what what Paul, or not, wait, yeah, yeah, is asking him to, ask to uh, asking the Philippians to do, but also there's the how they're doing it, and I yeah. think that connection is from God, for the sake of Christ, in him, you know, and there's this, this sense that nothing he's calling us to do is is for us to do alone mm. you know even paul who's mm-hmm. in chains doesn't have the sense that he's alone mm-hmm. that's why he's writing to them mm-hmm. you know and he's just so grounded in the holy spirit being with him and so grounded in the community of believers that god has surrounded him with you know even outside of his chains he feels that and that bolsters our faith in suffering as well so yeah. I think there can be, like, a, we're really just very victim mentality sometimes, mm-hmm. but God has given us so many gifts to be able to handle suffering with this kind of conduct that Paul is calling us to, to yeah. do. So, yeah. S-
0: so you're saying there's not only the what we do, but also the how we do it. So you can, you can think about even not only your, your motives, but the way that you go through something. And the fact that God has given us the gifts of one another to bear one another's burdens, right? Because it's one thing to suffer alone, but even Paul didn't have a sense of suffering alone, right? Yeah, that's well, awesome.
1: our board's pretty full. Okay. So I don't think we can add any more. Uh, We're, yeah, we'll give you one last word, John. You won't have anything else to write because everyone's just explaining an, this so an, well. An underlining? <laughs> uh, my name's John, and I was just struck by... Uh, a struggle that I will create a cheap imitation
0: of comfort by, by running from suffering I'll either
2: you know, through what I purchase through what do I, av- I avoid but I
0: just settle for a, a cheap imitation rather than um, embracing what, what God has granted to us in the suffering yeah or letting yeah letting God be your comfort because, I mean, God does want us to be not comfortable in the way that we think about comfort, comforted, but, you know, God has, I mean, the New, the New Testament does talk about God wants to comfort you, but that doesn't mean he leaves you devoid of suffering, like you said. So you, that's a great word of you, for you to say, like, I settle for cheap imitations. Yeah, well, great. Hey, let's thank the Lord for what he has shown us today so far. Thank you for that. Thank you, thank you Adrian. Jason, you good to go?
1: All right, let's go. All right, man. Let's do this. All right, I want to read the passage for us one more time, just to kind of refresh it in our mind. Obviously, we've been walking through it a little bit deeply, but then from that passage, I think there's two questions for us to explore this morning. So let's read Philippians uh, chapter one, verses twenty-six, sorry, twenty-seven through thirty again. Now, whatever happens, and I'll stand to the side, so in case you want to look at what we wrote together. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one uh, for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on his behalf of Christ not only to believe in him But also to suffer for him since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now here I still have So I think the two questions if we look at this even grammatically Is the very first sentence is the most important sentence in this part of the passage in this particular uh, Pericope at this particular section Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Everything else flows from that, whether we talk about the unity of the spirit, the suffering, uh, how we face our opponents. Everything flows from uh, the understanding of what is the gospel. So that's our first question. And then the second question is, how do we conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel? Those are two huge questions. How many times have you wrestled through those two questions yourself? What is this good news? What is this thing that I'm believing? What am I supposed to believe? I bet you that sometimes we can get so confused about this question that if we were to take a survey of this room, we could probably get about 100 different answers about what is the gospel. Depend upon what denominational background you come from or what your personal experience is That is something that is beautiful about the gospel is that it's so vast I like the way that J.I. Packer described it that the gospel simply is God saves sinners But then we can ask the question is who's that God and what's his character like? What does it mean for him to save? what does it mean to be a sinner? how do we understand what a sinner is I like to go to scripture when trying to answer these questions Uh, So we're going to look at 1st Corinthians chapter 15 In 1st Corinthians 15 uh, I've got it pulled up there for you guys today We see one of the most uh, Paul's most um, blatant Most forward uh, expressions of what the gospel is Um, And we're going to look at that a little bit in depth this morning and then ask ourselves, okay, in light of this, then how are we to conduct ourselves? Uh, Then once we understand these four features of the gospel that Paul outlines in the first Corinthians and how each one of them is important, hopefully that will give us some ideas for how we can live uh, in a manner that's worthy of the gospel uh, today, this week, and for the rest of our lives. Um, so starting in verse 1 the verse 3 is up behind you But I want to start in verse 1 now brothers and sisters. I want to remind you of the gospel of that I preached to you So he's quite plainly getting ready to tell you this is the content of my gospel uh, By which you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you Otherwise you believe in vain verse 3 for what I have received. I have passed on of first importance that Christ died For our sins, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures, and then that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also to one who is abnormally born So we see four features here of Paul's gospel of his understanding of what good news is The first one is that he died That he died The second is that he was buried That he was put into the grave The third is that he raised That the power of God through his spirit brought him back from the dead according to the scriptures And then finally that he appeared That is he appeared to the disciples over the course of time And then ultimately even after his ascension he appeared To Paul Who was abnormally born which was just a way of saying him saying like yeah, I didn't go about it the same way. And if you know Paul's story, it's one that is definitely abnormal. It's not, the, it's not the most normal story for someone who's a persecutor of the church to himself become a leader in the church. So let's look at these four features of the gospel. And to do this, I kind of need your guys' help. So I need some folks who are willing to come up and stand with me. Uh, For folks, can I get some volunteers, please? Ladies, you wanna come on up? You just got volunteered. Yeah, I promise you, you're just gonna stand here and I'm not gonna make a fool of you, I promise. All All right, can I get a couple more? appearance. Come on up. One more? Alright, come on, Paul. So I have here these four features that are in 1 Corinthians 15. The death, the burial, the resurrection, and the appearance of Christ. So all you got to do is just stand here, and you're going to be death, okay? So, (laughs) what's Actually, let's 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 make uh, let's make you death today, if that's all right. So, so Jess, Jesse, what what is probably the most simple way that you could represent Christ's death? By laying down. Let's not do that one. What, let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. Let's put our hands across. Okay. So here we have death. All right. Now Paul, burial. You're gonna lay down. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, Alright, now what about resurrection? How's a way that we can represent resurrection? Yeah, so there we go. So why don't we put our hands really wide. Okay, and Jazzy, what about appearance? Oh, I like that. Alright, so just our hands like this. Okay, so this is where, I'm sorry, you guys are going to get really tired very quick. Um, You're good. (laughs) So what happens to the gospel and this is what a lot of us Christians do. What happens to the gospel if we just stop at the death of Jesus? It's not good news is what Jesse just said. Still hopeless. Still hopeless, why? Because he's dead. He's still and we don't know like what that means. So we're left with just suffering with no purpose. We're left just dead. Our sins have been put away, but we're still nailed to the cross. Right? Okay, now what happens if. So, say we have the death of Jesus and our sins are put away, but now we move on to the burial. What happens if we stop at the burial? So, our sins have been put away and now they're buried, they're put into the grave. What happens if we just stop at the burial? It's not, there's no hope. How could we know know about hope? Because we're just left in the grave. This isn't very fun because we have our sins are put away, but then what we're left with is the shame of death. Because there's just a body that we're hiding away behind the stone. Right? Is that the good news yet? No. No. So we have the death, the burial, the resurrection. Okay, this is where a lot of us get to. <laughs> what happens at resurrection? Are we in the grave anymore? No. What, what's happened? We've been raised. We've been redeemed. We've been made alive. Right? This is where a lot of us want to live, right? We want to live in the power of the resurrection. We want to have the power of of life dwelling within us by his spirit, right? But Paul doesn't stop there. Where does Paul move on to? So for Paul, even the resurrection alone isn't the gospel. Where does Paul move to? The appearance. What happens in the appearance? There's witness. Witness. There's testimony. There is a willingness of Jesus on His part to enter into the mourning, the loss, and the suffering of His disciples. Is is He affected by this suffering? Sh- sure, in a sense, but not from not from a worldly standpoint view. But He actually enters into suffering and brings heaven with Him. right and so I think James can we give a round of applause for our helpers here do you need help (laughs) so according to Paul all four of these aspects the death the burial the resurrection and the appearance are the gospel Because some of us, we just want to live in our gospel of the death and the burial. And we live in this spiritual self-flagellation. We live with this poverty gospel. Where woe is me, just bring on more suffering. I'm doing it for the cause of Christ. Right? But we don't live in the victory and the power of the spirit. Some of us stop at the resurrection and we almost have this prosperity gospel. Where all we're wanting is all the benefits of heaven without any of the costs of the death, the burial, and the appearance. And that's where we want to have a full orb gospel that is embracing the death, that's embracing the burial, that's embracing the resurrection, and that's embracing the appearance because it's true that we carry God's own story through our participation with Christ to everyone we go to. So yes, I may be bearing suffering and the death and the burial, but I am living in victory. Can I get an amen to that? And I take him with me wherever I go. But do I do this alone? No. No. What is Paul's statement to them? He says, I want you to have this conduct, this way of life with you, whether, whether you see me or you don't. Whether I'm around or I'm not, I want you guys to live this way. And it's very important because we don't want to be a group of people who are hypocrites. One of the biggest forms of hypocrisy in American Christianity today is Christians complaining about suffering when all they're going through is getting their toe stubbed. Stubbed toed? Toe stubbed, yeah. When we're actually not suffering for the sake of Christ, but we're suffering because we're going through things that, that infringe upon our understanding of comfort. As opposed to actually proclaiming christ and making his name alone known and we can do that with freedom and with joy because he's appeared to us and we get to make his appearance known to other people and so paul encourages people to do this whether they see him or not whether he's around or not and you might now be asking yourself okay so here's the gospel how do i now grow in the gospel You've told me what the good news is, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the appearance. How is it that I grow in the gospel? How do I get to a place where I can be left free, just like the Philippians, to live their lives in maturity and, and with integrity? Uh, I don't feel like I'm there yet. I don't feel like I have that level of growth in me yet. Well, luckily, you've come to the right place because we've got tools for that. And so one of the tools that we use here at Apex is called the discipleship square. And in the discipleship square, there's four stages. The first stage we call D1L1, which simply is I do, you watch. One of the most important things about life and development with us as humans is the way that he's created us is through imitation. From the very first breath that a child makes, within 40 seconds, they're already beginning to imitate their mother and what it is that she is doing. This is why uh, we want our kids to grow up and be in good company with other kids because we know that imitation matters and that they're going to imitate the behaviors around them. The things that we watch and on TV, uh, the the, the media that we consume, we unwittingly imitate it. And so this is one of the first steps in, in making a step towards discipleship is, okay, now I have the gospel, I have the fullness of his life in me. Now the question is, do you have someone that you're following? Are you able to say to someone else, hey, follow me as I follow Christ? And so the first step is, I do you watch. The second step is, I do watch. You help. It's at this stage where we say, hey, come with me. Come along with me. I'm going to the grocery store. You come to the grocery store with me. You're like, how is going to the grocery store the gospel? Well, it is. Think about it. How is that discipleship? You're being around other people. You're getting to know them. You're getting to know names. You are presenting yourself in 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 a kind and a helpful manner. Say, come on over. Help me make dinner. Come on over, help me watch the kids. This is the I do you help stage, where we're inviting other people to join us in, or we're asking other people that we admire, hey, can I join you in that? And then it's I do, I'm sorry, you do, I help We are actually around this square is what we are doing during Discovery Bible Method of the Gathering. At the beginning, when we started off at the beginning of the summer, it was Mike doing it, and then Mike brought some other people up to help, and now you guys are the ones that are writing things on the board. And soon enough, it very well might be you up here giving the word itself. We are very intentional about how it is that we're going about and developing one another in our relationships with the gospel. And then finally, it's you do, I watch. And this is where Paul's at with the Philippians. He's gone off, he's he's gone away, and he's watching them. But he's still encouraging them, as I'm watching you, I'm gonna still encourage you to live a life that's worthy of the gospel. So this is how we grow in our conduct of the gospel. We do it together. Another way, if I know there's individual language here. I think if Paul were around, based upon this passage today, it would be, we do. Y'all, watch. We do, y'all help. Y'all do, we help y'all do, we watch. Because Paul's always doing things in community. And in fact, that's what he says here in this passage in Philippians chapter one. He says, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without in any way being frightened by those who oppose you all. That's another thing that's beautiful about us doing this work together. If there's anyone that happens to come and oppose us, we're not doing it alone. If we go through suffering, we're not going through it alone. If we go through victory, it's not ours alone. We share the victory with others. So what is the gospel? The gospel is the fullness of the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the appearance. What does it look like to live our lives, to conduct our lives worthy of the gospel? It looks like us living in community together, growing in Christ-likeness, being sent out on mission together in order to display God's kingdom in the world. All of us are at different stages in this process. Some of us we haven't even stepped inside the square yet. We're just looking at the whiteboard. Asking, do I want this to be my own? You're invited. Not to a whiteboard. But to the kingdom of God. Where he will take on every sin, every shame, every death. And he will be. He will nail it to the cross. He will bury it so no one will see it no more. He will raise you to life and he will set you on two firm feet and say, child, you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Welcome to the family. Others of us may be following Jesus for a long time. And we're, we're, we're like, you know what, I've, I've been doing this Jesus thing for a bit, but I don't know how to engage in discipleship. One of the easiest ways is to join a community on mission. To join a community in which you can grow, in which you can follow others as we follow Jesus together. And so we invite you to join one of those communities. There's other of us who we're doing the leading of these communities and we ask for your prayer and your encouragement and your grace because we're going to fail and we're going to mess up and there's going to be times in which we don't live our lives worthy of the gospel ourselves. But that's where grace comes in and it's so much bigger than that. And we, we all fail together forward but we move together in that failure. So where are you today? Are you on the outside looking in? one in this thing, you're welcome in, there's no closed doors, everyone's welcome, doesn't matter who you are, where you've done, who you think we think we think you are, we love you is what matters, God loves you even more, and it's love that drives every step that we make in the kingdom together. And when we do it and when we live that way, it doesn't matter if we're suffering or if we're not suffering. It doesn't matter if we are victorious or we're not victorious. What matters is that we're in Christ and the fullness of his death, his suffering, his victory, his resurrection becomes ours because we participate in this life together. with Him.